I knew something was wrong. And I want you to take about two minutes and just hug some necks, shake some hands, introduce yourself to people. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do that, would you please? Go ahead. I forgot my water in the, in the room. <laughs> Thanks. Totally. This is good. This is good. This is good. God bless you, buddy. Good to see you, Daryl. All righty. Hey, stay standing. Stay standing for the word. Uh, I want us to put uh, Hebrews. Do you have Hebrews in the, the computer? You should have Hebrews in the computer all the time. By the way... You know what? Do you realize this? That if you ever get chased out of your home and I, you know, some catastrophe happens, if you have nothing else to take, grab, just tear it out. Tear out the book of Hebrews and take it with you because Hebrews is the whole Bible from A to Z. It's all compacted in Hebrews. It's my, one of my favorite books. It's all there. Everything you have need of is there. If you can't take your whole Bible with you, make sure you got Hebrews. All right? Good. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. Can you put that up there for me? Maybe, maybe not. They're, they're going to get it because it's that good. By the way, you are such a happy crowd. Nebraska won, but I think... I think it's because the Cubs won last night in a, just a thriller. Oh, come on. If you're not for the Cubs, you probably need to find yourself a different church. No, I'm just kidding. All righty. It's not there. It's no problem. Listen, let me read it to you. Watch. You know this verse of Scripture. It's very familiar. Many of you that have been Christians for any length of time can probably quote it. But listen what it says. Paul writes this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, he says in verse 2, the elders obtained for themselves a good testimony. By the way, by faith, you can obtain a good testimony too about your life. All right? And lastly, verse 3, listen to what it says. By faith, we understand, we comprehend that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You weren't here when the worlds were framed. It's by faith. Come on, amen. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, everything that you're operating in, it was done by the word of God and we receive it by faith. Now this morning, I'm going to pray for us in a second, but this morning I felt to go back and just hit on the basics 
I love the basics. That's probably what an apostolic guy does anyhow. But Hebrews, you know, we really teach that a lot. Hebrews chapter 6, we teach the six foundation stones. Well, this is another basic. Faith is a basic. And if you don't have faith operating in your life, you're missing a basic. So I want to just, you're probably okay, but I want to sort of give you a booster shot this morning, okay? Sort of inoculate you for the days ahead. That God will give you a dose of faith and you're going to be able to handle whatever comes your way. Come on, amen? Why? Listen, because it's not faith in faith. It's not even faith in your ability to pray right. It's faith toward God. That's where it's at. In fact, that's the second foundation stone after repentance from dead works in Hebrews chapter 6. The second one is faith toward God. And so I and you both, we've got to constantly have a renewal, if you would, an energized renewal of faith toward God. No matter what I see, no matter what I feel, it's faith toward God. Come on, amen. Put your hands up with mine so we can receive this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today and ask right now that you would speak to us according to your word, enlarge our thinking, enlarge our minds, increase our hearts, increase us to believe for greater things from your hand than we've ever believed before. We pray it right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you. By the way, in the next few weeks, and I know what Pastor Solo's been speaking on and, uh, and what he's been developing for you about your mission field, we are going to be doing something here. Uh, I won't be here with you, but I mean, I'm participating nonetheless in something that we've used to do, and we're really reinitializing it. As we got together as elders and we've talked, <clears throat> we've determined that in order to see blessing come upon the church and upon our lives, we've got to make sure that we're not just doing the the tithe part, which is required in Malachi chapter 3, that, that first portion of our increase, giving it back to God because God calls it His. But that really the blessing comes when we give offerings, missions, alms, whatever the case may be. And one of the things that we used to do here for a number of years, every six months, is we would do a myth, mission faith pledge card where we would pledge to give X amount of dollars over the next six months, and that would go toward mission. Now, that's above and beyond the tithe, and it's the part that as you give and you uh, extend yourself by faith in that area, it's the part that God blesses, and he opens up. He says in Malachi chapter 3, he opens up the windows of heaven and causes it to pour out a blessing upon our lives. So what we want to do is introduce that to you. And before you leave this morning, not right now, but later on before you leave this morning, we're going to give to you a faith pledge card. Here's what I want you to do with that. Listen closely. I don't want you to fill it out. I don't want you to do anything with it, but take it home, stick it on the fridge with a magnet or whatever you do, put it on the counter and begin to pray over the next few weeks about what it is God would require or God would indicate that you need to pledged toward for the next six months. Pastor Solo, when he comes back, he'll take you through that. Put the picture of the pledge card up. Do we have that uh, on the uh, overhead? Uh, we may or may not. I don't know. We don't have that either. Okay, we're striking out here this morning uh, totally. But here's what it looks like. It's a card that looks just like this, and it offers you a place to put your name and then indicates how much you're going to pledge. Now, the reason I'm bringing it up at the beginning is because I'm talking this morning about faith, 
but it, it's not just faith about missions. It's not just faith about money. I want to really make sure that you're understanding we're talking about faith as it relates to our entire life. And so I want to sort of dive into this this morning. There it is. Oh, we finally got it up. So there's the mission faith pledge card. That's what it looks like. It really operates pretty easily. You're going to fill this out after you've prayed. You're going to determine what it is that you're committing to on a monthly basis. And you're going to believe God is going to give you the ability to walk, step out, if you would, by faith, give that amount of money, and watch what God will do. I'm telling you, and I'm coming sort of as an elder this morning with the other two elders, uh, Dustin and Pastor Solo, but we really feel like we want to see blessing upon your life and upon your home and upon the church. And in order to do that, I'm going to be honest with you, it's, it's got to be where there's an extension of faith and an openness, particularly in this area, that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you. How many want blessing on their home? Yeah, I do. And so Susan and I are going to get involved. I'm encouraging you to get involved. And over the next few weeks, Pastor Solo will be talking more about this to you. If you're taking notes this morning, though, I want you to list about 10, 12, 14 different things that faith is. And I'm going to move pretty fast. They're not going to be up on the overhead because uh, I don't have them ready for the overhead. But I'm, I'm moving too fast for it. But if you can write quickly, you're going to get some good stuff out of this. First off, Paul says faith is the evidence. What this means, basically, when he, particularly is when he's talking about the worlds that were created and everything, it's that... You've got to understand something about faith. Our faith does not create reality, but it is based upon the reality of God's government and power. In other words, what you say and what you believe out of your mouth doesn't create the reality. The reality is based on what God's word says and what comes out of his mouth. How many know you can't create much of anything? by your words. I wish I could. I wish I could say, hey, wow, I'm going to be rich or I'm going to be successful or I'm going to be this or that and the other. But coming out of my mouth is not necessarily the important thing. What comes out of God's mouth is indeed the important thing because it's his government and it's his power that not only backs up his word, but it's the thing that creates reality. Do you realize the Bible teaches that out of his mouth, when he spoke a word, the worlds were created just like that? I don't know how he did it. I'm anxious to find out one day. But it was by the power and the authority of his word. When he spoke a word, that's what happened. And it was the government of God coming and imposing itself and bringing about a brand new reality. And so that's number one what faith is. Faith is also spiritual. So it's not only the evidence, it's spiritual. That means it's a commodity. What's happening in heaven is happening on earth. So it's a, it's a component that has sometimes a natural outcropping and a natural result, but it's a spiritual commodity. Everything you and I receive from God is by faith. Everything. You can't receive anything from God except by faith in him. You can't even receive salvation from God except by faith in him. Nothing you can receive from God is except by faith. And so it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual commodity. Thirdly, faith is a heart issue. 
Now, this is sometimes hard for people to put their mind around, but it is not a head issue. It's actually a heart issue. And what that means to me, well, let me give you an example. If faith were a head thing, Peter would have never have walked on the water because his head would have said, oh, wait, this is not going to work. If faith were a head thing, how many know there would have never been any Red Sea crossing or crossing of the Jordan by the children of Israel? If faith were a head thing, the walls of Jericho would still be standing. But when God told them, you walk around that thing seven times, seven days, each, uh, and then the last day, seven times, the walls came down. But it had to not be a head thing. It had to be a heart thing. We have to believe God. I have to believe his word. That's what he said. I'm going to do it. That's the issue with faith. If faith were a head thing, how many know Goliath would still be standing? In fact, if faith were a head thing, if you think about this, the lions would still be picking Daniel out of their teeth because they would have made a meal out of that guy. But he went into that thing. It was a heart thing. And his heart was trusting God and God preserved him. If faith were a head thing, Joseph probably would have divorced Mary when she showed up pregnant and it wasn't him that did it. But he had to believe God. He had to believe the word of God. And so faith can't be a head thing. It's got to be a heart thing. By the way, if faith were a head thing, Jesus of Nazareth would have gotten up from the praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and he would have gone back to making furniture with his dad. But he believed God's word and said, you know what? I'm going to go through this thing believing that God indeed can raise me up from the dead. Wow. That's a heart thing. That's not a head thing. Because your head tells you, I'm going to get crucified. I'm going to die. But God had a different plan. And so it's got to come from the heart. If we operate out of our mind only, we'll never see the miraculous power of God in our lives ever. You just never will. Although God wants us to be intelligent, I'm not against that. Man, I just got my doctorate degree not too many days ago. And full of wisdom, the Bible indicates we're not to trust our own wisdom, but honestly, the best thing is to trust the wisdom of God. We're to trust in the Lord, the Bible says, with all of our heart and lean not, watch what he says, on our own understanding. But in all our ways, acknowledge him and his promise will be that he will direct our paths. Now, let's go on. Number four, faith is also a divine perspective. Do you realize perception is everything? It really is. The way a person perceives a situation will determine how he or her what their attitude is and then what their subsequent action is about what they perceive. The word tells us, though, that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, nor are his ways our ways. So God's ways, uh, the writer goes on and says, are higher than our ways, and and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It's just like a mountain climber that ascends the heights to gain a perspective. Once you get up on those high heights, you've got a perspective no valley dweller will ever see. I remember, in fact, here, when I was pastoring here, I'm a pilot, and I, I'm a private pilot, and I love going out and renting a plane. 
And sometimes on my worst days, pastoring or, you know, a lot of issues going on or whatever, I would go out. You can ask Susan. I would go out, rent a plane for an hour, take off from Lincoln Airport, and I would circle and climb and get higher and higher. And then I would fly over the city. And you know what it did for me? All of my little issues and all of my problems, it put it all in perspective. And they weren't as bad. They weren't as a big a deal as when I was up there as what what it was when I was down on the ground. And man, after I flew around for about an hour looking at the city and it's not that overwhelming and it's not that killing me and it's not going to be that bad and everything's going to be okay, I would land, I would feel so energized, I would feel so strong because I had gotten myself a different perspective. In fact, I'd come home and tell Susan, okay, I can handle this, I'm a man again. That's, I, mean, I mean, it just did something to me. It's just like, okay, I did this. I accomplished this. I, I saw from a different perspective. That is how God works in our lives. He gives us, by faith, his perspective as opposed to our own. How many know your perspective will get you into trouble sometimes, you know? And, and, and you can't get up to God's perspective, though, without faith. But only God can take us to those heights, And even like David said one time, King David, he says, oh man, he has set my feet on a rock. And David said that when he was in the middle of a mess. Felt like he was drowning in quicksand. He says, now, here's God's perspective. He put my feet on a rock. And so you and I cannot get there without his help. We cannot attain his thinking without approaching the throne of grace every day and seeking him. So we've got to exercise our faith. By the way, that's why we do the mission faith promise thing. We've got to exercise our faith. It's an exercise. It's like getting your spiritual muscles uh, uh, exercised and getting them toned up and getting them ready and and getting them uh, uh, able to absorb greater things. Faith gives us eagle wings. It allows us to soar over our city, our family, our situations, and allows us to look down from a whole new perspective, and that will cause us to gain the confidence that God in us can make a difference. I get a right perspective, and I can believe for anything. I get a right perspective, even about a real hard issue, but when I get God's perspective, oh, well, this isn't that bad of a deal. This is going to work out okay. How quickly we forget and we, about God and we fall back into the default of our own perspective. But faith is constantly seeing life from the divine perspective. Through the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he lifts us up and he lets us see things that only he can see. And man, when he opens your eyes, maybe about your kids, maybe about your, uh, uh, your job, maybe about your family, maybe about your marriage, maybe about your finances or your health, it doesn't matter what the issue is. When you get God's perspective, you see things differently all of a sudden and your confidence grows in him. Now, I love that part. We could stop right there because, man, if I can just get more confidence in God by doing it by his perspective, I'm a winner. I'm going to win things, all right? Number five, faith is seeing the invisible. Faith is like having night vision goggles. That's really what it is. We have been given by faith the ability to peer into the darkness and not only peer in the darkness. I don't know about you, but when you, do, when you don't have the ability to see in the dark, how many know you feel very insecure? 
You're hitting everything and you're trying to grope around. And, and, and if you ever watched when they show people with a, like an infrared camera or a night vision camera and they're in the dark and they're, they're going like this and there's nothing even in front of them, but they're afraid to even take one more step because they might run into a wall that they don't know isn't there anyhow. But faith gives you those perspectives, those like night vision goggles, and you can see things with your eyes uh, that you wouldn't see before. In fact, it sort of reminds me of the story with the doubting Thomas. You know, he was one of the disciples, and after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, Thomas was the only one that hadn't seen Jesus yet, and he told the other guys, he says, I got to see him for myself. I got to see the nail scars in his hand, the wound in his side, and I've just got to see it for myself. But when Jesus appeared, (laughs) Thomas didn't ask for anything. Instead, he dropped to his knees and he said, oh, Lord and God, you're, you're, you're the one. You're, you're it. I mean, it, it stopped everything when he saw. Now, Jesus then comes along and makes this very important statement that includes you and me. He says, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Very good. But blessed are those who have not seen me in the flesh and yet they believe. That's me. See, he gives me eyesight, if you would. That's what faith does. I can see even when I can't see. Isn't that good? Through faith we see things the unbelieving cannot see. Here's number seven. Or no, number six. Faith is being, oh, here's a biggie. Hang on. It's being obedient even when you don't feel like it. Wow. Two amens. Faith is being obedient even when you don't feel like it. How many, oh man, I could give you a list. I've been in ministry since I was 18. Listen, how many well-meaning Christians I have met who succumb all the time to their feelings. I don't feel like it. I can't, I feel, I feel. Who cares what you feel? And what they do, they sort of get, well, I don't want to fake it. Well, nobody told you to fake it. But what the Bible tells you to do is faith it. All right? Don't fake it, faith it. All right? If the Bible says, listen, if the Bible says we can do something, or if the Bible says we should do something, then we do it whether or not we feel like doing it. I don't know about you, but my kids, when I raised them, they didn't feel like doing anything. I mean, well, Dad, I don't feel like taking out the garbage. It doesn't matter. Then don't eat. At least not at this house. You want to eat at this house, you'll take out the garbage. I don't feel like it. I don't care. There's a consequence if you don't feel like it. Don't do anything. Sit there and molt for all I care. But because of your feelings, you miss out on the blessings of God. In my case with Luke, and because of your feelings, if you don't take out the trash or do the chores, you're going to miss out on a lot of things. Like what, Dad? I like eating and sleeping at my house and, and, and clothes. You'll miss out. I don't know where you're going to live and get that done, but you're going to miss out. You see? So think about this. Ha! 
in, in fact, it's in, you've got to press through emotions and carnal impressions and live by faith. And when you do, it will release you into a realm of satisfaction in God that you can't believe possible. Listen, when worshiping, when I come in, I may come in and the Cubs didn't win and Nebraska did lose and all sorts of things. And then I come in on a Sunday morning and it's one of these things. Hmm. And we're worshiping. I don't feel like it. Come on. You know I'm talking about the other person sitting next to you. I don't feel like raising my hands or clapping my hands and singing. But listen, the Bible says it's a good thing when you do it and you do it by faith. And the reward when you do it is his presence in your life. Ooh, I don't feel like reading my Bible. Well, okay, meditating in the word of God day and night and um, opening my Bible. But I do it by faith sometimes, and the reward is he makes me successful and he directs my paths, my steps. Oh, come on. If I share the gospel with other unbelievers, I, I, don't, feel like, I don't feel like praying for them, and I don't feel like even sharing... I, no problem, you don't, I never feel like it. But when I do, people get saved. Come to Jesus, brought into the kingdom. I meet him in heaven. Come on. Oh, here's a biggie. I don't feel like tithing or giving offerings. No problem. I don't care. I really don't. Do what you want to do. Has no problem. Don't want to do, I'm not doing that faith mission pledge thing. No, no, no. Don't problem with me. You don't have an argument with me. You live by your feelings if you want to. But let me tell you something. The windows of heaven aren't going to open up. It's, the pro- it's not my words. It's his words. I want the windows. Come on. I want open heavens. You see, all of the promises in the word will work when we act on them by faith, regardless of our feelings. How many know feelings come and go? Oh, come on. Feelings are deceiving. Our faith is in the word of God and nothing else is worth believing. Come on. Don't believe a politician. Believe the word of God. They change like this. That's what they do. Let's see which way the wind's blowing today. I can't rely on that. I got to rely on something that doesn't change. The word of God never changes. Come on. Amen. Amen. Oh, this is good. So don't trust your feelings. And everybody said? Okay, good. All right, you got that. Number seven, faith is fearing him more than man. Now think about this. King Solomon said this. He said, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. Someday, listen, I I have to believe this. Every believer ends up having to cross the Rubicon uh, and, and cross the line, if you would, in the spirit where they no longer fear man's faces, but fear God. Every one of us do. I can remember when I first came to Lincoln and was a young guy and all that, I, I used to be much younger than I am now. This is what pastoring did after some many years. I mean it, I was always concerned. Oh my goodness, what are people going to say if I, oh, here's a biggie, if I talk about finances. Oh my God, I'll just, everybody will walk out. And I had to get where I just don't care what y'all think. You understand what I'm saying? I, now, I don't preach Jerry's opinion. I have to preach the word of God. But I fear him more than I fear you. 
When I first came, though, I feared you. Well, not you. You weren't here, probably. But you know what I'm saying? And if I speak too harshly or if I speak too correctly and if I, if I really go to the point in God's word, oh, my God, I may not get paid this week. Well, I had to get over that at some point. You're not my provider anyhow. You really aren't. He's my provider. I fear him more than I fear you. Now, how do you that relate to me, Pastor Jay? Well, I'll tell you what. I honor your boss, respect your boss, put a hard day's work in for what you're getting paid, but fear God more than you even fear your boss. If you lose your job, guess what? God can get you a better one. Come on. Don't compromise. Don't dilute. Don't do any of that stuff. Fear God, all right? And that's how we do this. Number uh, eight, faith is stepping out. Here's a biggie. Before there are any steps. How many know if Peter had waited until there was a pathway on the water in the lake before stepping out of the water, he would have still be in the boat today. But he climbed out on the boat, watch, on the command, just on the word of Jesus that said, come on. That's all he did. Faith is giving before we even have an assurance that a return is on the way. Faith is committing to a mission faith pledge, I'll bring that up, before you're guaranteed of an open window. Now, the promise is there, but you haven't seen it open. Here's what I, here's what I mean by that. Well, pastor, I'll really give if I win the lotto. Oh, no, you won't. I know better than that. You may give 10, 20 bucks, but you ain't going to. I'll tithe when I win the lotto. Oh, you're going to be very, the church is going to be very rich, Pastor Jerry. Uh-huh. You, you got to give before you buy the ticket. And by the way, I'm not saying buy the ticket. So don't go and tell Pastor Solo, oh, he told us to buy tickets and to give them. I'm not saying. I'm saying it's going to show up what your heart is by the pattern you're currently living. Come on, amen. How are you doing things now? Tell me how you're doing things before you have the money all there. Oh, man, listen, if Susan and I had waited until all the money was there, we still wouldn't have given. I still don't have all the money I need. Or want. Come on, amen. You, you, you're all sitting there going, oh my God, let's pray for it. You're really looking holy this morning. But you're in the same boat. If I waited, ha, huh, nothing happens. Absolutely nothing is going to happen. I've got to step out before there's step. Faith, listen, is speaking out the word of knowledge and praying for a person before there's any evidence of, of a healing. Here's a biggie. Think about this. I was talking to some of your leaders here the other night, a Monday night. How about finding the next time that you ask God to give you an opportunity to pray for somebody, maybe that doesn't believe. By the way, he did this all, Jesus did this all the time, so did the disciples. Healings, miracles, and deliverances, that's how people brought, were brought into the kingdom. How about next time you go to Walmart, while you're there, I don't have any idea, but if you're there, when you're there, Find somebody to pray for and believe for a miracle. Oh, well, I couldn't do that. What if they didn't get healed? The healing is not your problem. The obedience is your problem. Just stepping out of the boat is your problem. Just doing it and getting out of the boat and walking a pathway you've never walked before, but believing that God's going to do his thing. That's the deal you've got to get to. And man, when that happens, I'm telling you, things, oh man, 
all sorts of things begin to take place and happen. Faith is the motivation behind Abraham one day leaving the Ur of Chaldees. And, and listen, Abraham, Abraham, get up and go to a land I'm showing you. Take your family with you. That's what happened in Genesis. Abraham, I, I had to believe the next morning, this is how the Bible relates it. He gets up, walks out of the, the compound outside the gate. He can either go forward, right, or left. Which way do I go? Okay, next step, Abraham, go right. Okay, he starts going right. He doesn't know where he's going. He's just following the word of God. Come on, amen. I bet you if some of you did the same thing, you'd find yourself doing all sorts of things. What if God wants to send a couple of you on the mission field for a short-term mission? Well, I don't think I'm a, whoa, 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 time out. You just got to follow God. You just got to obey God. Watch what God will do. I always loved it when we were raising kids, and, and when, yeah, particularly the, when we had Sarah first. Sarah's a very compliant child. I used to get parents that said, oh my, well, you just got an easy one. There is no easy child. It's just how you handle things. Well, your life seems really blessed, Pastor Jerry. There's no easy about it. I have to follow God just like you follow God. I have to obey God just like you have to obey God. When I do, I'm blessed. But you can be blessed actually even more than me because you may be more obedient than me. You may get out of the boat better than me. Sometimes I struggle getting out of the boat. Number nine, faith is holding steady in contradiction. Listen, when walking through the valley of the shadow, you need to know that the, the, the Lord will light the light of his word. It will enlighten our paths. Here's what I mean by that. Every one of us in our walk encounter obstacles and encounter opposition to God's given plan for our lives. If somebody told you when you became a Christian that everything's going to go hunky-dory for you and you're never going to have another problem, they lied. I'm so sorry. They lied. I'm here to tell you. It's a lie. A big lie. There's opposition to God's plan coming to pass in your life. There's opposition to God's plan coming to pass in your family's life. There's opposition and, and, and there's obstacles uh, to what God has for us. But we need to know how God's mountain moving works. It's by faith. When feeling the heat of a trial, we have to have confidence that we are going to, even in the middle of a trial, come out like pure gold. He's got a plan for my life. Now, if you don't think I've never had a trial in my life, you're badly mistaken. Man, I went through some hard times in my life. I'm 62 years old. Not 63, as some of you suppose. 62. And I've had some issues in my life. I've had gone through some things Susan and I have. Some health things and some finance things and some children things. Wow. Man, sweat at bullets. But I'll tell you what, I had to hold on to God. I had to hold fast to God. I had to believe that God's word was going to come to pass. He said he would bless. He said he would keep my children. He said even if I put into them what they need, that thing will not go to waste, but it will return again and accomplish exactly what it was put in there for. So even when I saw him rebel a little bit, I still believe God. See what I'm saying? And I've got to stand that way in spite of the contradiction of what my eyes see. 
or what I'm told in my ears. When circumstances and timetables don't seem to be working in my favor, faith is the thing that holds me steady. Remember what Paul told the warriors of Ephesus? Having done all to stand, fellas, stand therefore. Don't move, stay standing. Just hang on. Listen, some people ask me, well, how did you, how did you build the building here and the, the bank and all that? Oh, you guys, it's a huge story. I'm not taking time this morning. How did you get through all of this and that and the other? Do you know how I did it? I'll tell you how I did it. After 25 years, we turned this thing over to Pastor Solo. That was back in 19, I mean, in 20, uh, whatever it was, 2014, 14. You know how I did it? I just kept standing. After every opposition, after everybody that said it wouldn't work, after people that rebelled and rose up against me, whatever, I, did, I figured in my mind, I'll outlast you. <laughs> Go ahead, take me on. I'm not moving. I'm not going anywhere. I will outlast you. I did the same with my kids. Figured I might as well do it with the congregation. <laughs> do it with the bankers. Do it with the builders. Just I'm going to outlast you. I remember we were looking for land. We were looking at every kind of imaginable building. I bet you folks we went through 40 different, 50 different places we looked at. Put some money into with the architect and lawyer and all that kind of stuff. I mean, thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. And everything failed. Dustin will tell you. Everything failed. And, oh, well, that's it. And then after a while of doing that, I had people going, well, the he, <laughs> he must not be hearing from God. And, uh, and out they went. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. By the time we did the building, we were about, at the best, we were about 100, 110 people the day we moved into this building. I mean, how in the world did that? We just outlasted. We just, in spite of every obstacle, in spite of every encounter thing, you know, and every negative thing, we just said, no, our faith is in God. He said to do this. We're going to keep doing it. Come on. I hope I'm building your faith up a little bit this morning, all right? So don't let distractions take you off the path. Here's another thing. Faith is vision before provision. If we wait until faith, promise, faith pledge promise works into our budget, you will never, ever step out and do what God's asking you to do. If you wait until you can budget in your tithe, you've missed the whole point. You're never going to budget in your tithe. I guarantee you there will always be something tomorrow that comes around and, and messes up your budget. How many have ever had this happen? You get a raise and you go, okay, whew, that's it. I'm okay now. And the very next two weeks, you go, oh my God, I can't even make this thing work. And I'm not going to make it. And Am I the only one that has this happen to them? It works that way. It doesn't matter how much of an increase you got at work. You always have a budget problem. Because if you wait, and so the same thing happens, if you wait to do what God's called you to do, you're never going to get there. If, if our vision is truly from God, then he is the author of our vision. By the way, he's also the financer of our provision. Come on, amen? Believers who are waiting for the prosperity before they give have it backwards. It just doesn't happen that way. The Bible indicates first, watch what the Bible goes. It says, first we give then the blessing comes. First we sow, then we reap. It, it's never backwards, guys. It's never reap first, then sow. 
Never is. If we obediently honor God with our first fruits, he will open the windows of heaven and supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. So faith declares that God birth vision is a priority of heaven, and we are not even qualified. Say the word qualified. We're not qualified to worry about where the supply comes from. If I had worried about where the supply was going to come from, I would have never put my to my wife, my two little kids, the rubber tree plant and the black lab in the car and drove up here from St. Louis up to Lincoln and started a church. I had to go by the word of God. You see, so do you. So do you. Number 11, faith is a secret language. This is one of my favorite ones. Do you know what? A faith-filled person is really easy to recognize. They are fluent in a classified language that includes a distinctive confession. Here's what I mean by that. I love being around people that have a faith language. One of my best friends, pastor in Seattle, Wendell Smith, died several years ago. And yet every time I was with Wendell, I don't care if you were with him for two minutes. He built you up in faith because of the language that came. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not talking about another language. I'm talking about a faith language. I, long, I learned a long time ago as a pastor, don't ask people, how are you doing? Because you'll get it back. You understand? How are you doing, Brother Tony? And then, oh, you don't understand, Pastor? I don't know. I'm sorry I asked. I just sort of go, bless you. Amen. Go ahead. Go out. Yeah. yeah. But listen, a faith language person is a cool person to be around. When you're with them in their presence, they're just talking faith. I mean... I could be with Pastor Wendell for about 30 seconds, a minute maybe, maybe two minutes at the most, and I'm ready to tackle the world. Hey, man, I can do, oh, hallelujah, praise God. He just, oh, Jerry, you're doing a great job. Oh, I can see God's with you. God's all over you, man. Oh, wow, you're, I couldn't even preach my way out of a brown paper sack, and he thinks I'm the best preacher ever. He sort of has that faith language, that building up language. Man, it did something for me. I remember I was visiting his church while we were building this building, and we had some financial difficulties with the bank. We were out there visiting. He, he sits there, Wendell does. He says, you know, I, he says, he's got a congregation of a couple thousand people. He says, I think we need to take an offering this morning. And bless, I didn't even speak. Bless Pastor Jerry and the church there. And he gave a little story. I had people coming up. He had a stand down front, and he took a little bit of time in the, uh, the service. People gave us an envelope. He had them take the offering for us, gave us an envelope, though, with a word on it. I still got that stack in a rubber band of, of words that people gave us that were encouraging because he was a faith pastor, and he had his people faith kind of people. You know what I'm saying? I still got them. I read them all the time. They're great. The offering came in $7,000. I'm going, oh, my God, my mind's blown. I mean, that's going to help us out. Wendell gets up and goes, 7,000. Oh, no, 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 no. He says, let's have an elder meeting right now. Elders, how many believe and, and want to vote yes that we've raised this to 10,000 right now and write the check for 10? They, yeah, they voted. Boom, there it was. It was like, oh, my goodness sakes. I mean, I come home with a check for the church for $10,000 to help toward the building. That's the kind of faith I'm talking about you and I have the ability to live in. Can you think of yourself being such a faith-filled person, a trust in God, that wherever you go, people go, man, I don't know what it is about that person, but I love being around him. 
Man, that's Sam Wania. When I'm around him, he builds my faith. That Tony, he builds my faith. Kara, when I'm with her, she just builds my faith up. Why? Because they trust God. Come on, amen? Want to trust God like that as well. I really do. Number 12, faith is taking authority. Got to move fast. God gave man dominion over the works of, of his hands, commissioning him to have authority over the earth and subdue it. And so all authority, Jesus comes along and reiterates, and he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, so you go therefore, I'm giving it to you. Do you realize by faith we have authority, folks? Now, this will get you. Here it is. We have authority over the works of the devil. We have authority over sickness and over disease and over demons and over evil spirits and over poverty and over lack and over sin and over temptation. You and I have been given the authority by faith over that. Now, here's the problem. We don't believe it. That's the faith issue. Well, I don't feel like that. Well, start feeling it. Start doing something about it. Start believing it. Start taking and exercising your faith and going, you know what? My kids are sick. I'm not going to let that go on in this house any longer. I've had it. We're stopping it right now. Get the Wesson and anoint him with oil if you got to. I don't care what you do. But listen, I think God will honor your faith. He'll go, yeah, come on. I heard your prayer. Those kids are going to be healed in Jesus' name. You got problems in your personal finances? Come on. Take authority over poverty and be obedient and tithe and take authority over poverty and watch what God does. He'll break open the windows of heaven on your behalf. We've got to take authority and fight the fight of faith. Faith is taking authority, watch, to ensure, to affect the victories that Jesus won at the cross. We're to take, can I help you with this? Listen, you've got to take responsibility for your own spiritual growth. I, I'm not in charge of your spiritual growth. You are. You got to take the, the responsibility for it. You got to take faith. I'll pray for you the best I can, but ultimately you got to go and walk by obedience. You got to be the one that steps out of the boat. You've got to be the one that has provision and perspective from God. It's not just pastor's task or the church's role to bless us or promote us or release us. It is our faith in obedience that causes those things to come to pass. Two more, very quick. Faith is fulfilling God's dream. Now, here's where it's very important. Did you hear what I said? Faith is not fulfilling your dream as much as it's connecting to God's dream for your life. God's all over this. He wants you to succeed. By the way, do you know we serve a good God? He's a good God all the time to you. He wants you to succeed. But listen, in particularly in our narcissistic uh, 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 world right now, it's all about me, all about us. God's not that concerned about you in that general way. God's concerned about his dream coming to pass in you. He's got bigger plans for you than you've got for yourself. Oh, come on. God's got a bigger dream for you than you've got for you. He really does. And so all you got to do is connect to his dream for your life, his vision for your life, and faith is about fulfilling that. And when you do, oh my God, things happen. Do you know what God's dream is? That none should perish. That's his dream. That none would die in sin. That none would be rebellious, but that all would join him 
and be in his presence. Now, that's going to take faith. Faith of my ability, MFP that we're doing, to love people, to give toward people, to start churches, to do whatever we're doing. Faith sees people repenting and coming to the truth. Faith believes the dream of God that multitudes will be saved and will become his children. Listen, that is the purpose of faith here on earth, to believe in the power and love of God. And by the way, even for you and me individually, to go and boldly share good things about Jesus everywhere we go. Do you know what it said about Jesus? It didn't say that he went about getting everybody saved. Didn't do that. Do you know what he did? He went about doing good, Acts says, doing good and delivering people from every bondage. Some people need deliverance. They may never get saved, but they just need freedom. They need someone to do good to them. And you and I are those ambassadors. Come on. You can tap yourself on the shoulder and say, yeah, it's me. It's me. I'm it. I'm the one that's going to do it. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Faith is action. You, you, I, I meet people all the time that call themselves faith people. I never see them take any action. They're waiting for it to hit them like some kind of train or something. Well, if he really wants me to be healed... I'll, uh, he'll hit me with it. If he really wants me to be filled with the Spirit, he'll just open my mouth and I'll begin to speak in another lane. Faith is action. If he really wants me to be prosperous, he'll just dump a lot of money on me. It doesn't work that way. Faith is action. You've got to take the action yourself. About money, you've got to tithe. You've got to give. Then the, that's by faith. And then the windows of heaven open. If you're sick, you've got to believe God. I've always laughed as a pastor how many people get sick and don't make it to Sunday service, but on Monday they're there at work. They believe by faith, evidently, or something, maybe the employee manual, that if they don't show up, they don't get paid. How much better to trust God? Come on, Amen. By faith, listen, I raised, I didn't care about my kids. By faith, I raised them up. I took action. The church doors are open. Son, you're going to be, daughter, you're going to be in church. There's no, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. You're, you're in church. Doors are open, you're in church. Took action. Well, I have no ride. Oh, I'll drive you. No problem. I'll pick you up when you're done. But you're going to church, going to youth service, whatever the case may be. You're, you're going. You don't get to opt out. Why? Because... I'm going to exercise for you some faith in you because I know it's good for you. You see what I'm saying? And so in every place in my life, I've got to put faith into action. When I fill my MFP card out, I've got to put some action to it. Come on. Well, I'll give uh, $3.50 every week. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's... Now, for some, that might be a big amount of money. But for some of us, many of us, it's like you're not even taking any action. You're doing it as a sort of a blow-off. You see what I'm saying? I'm not after a certain amount either. I'm after you obeying what God tells you to do and taking the action that is necessary. Let faith arise and watch what God will do. Let's try it this morning. Let's take an offering. We haven't done it yet. By action. How many believe God? How many believe God's word? Uh, yeah, half of you. So anyhow, I preached. 
Hallelujah. The rest of you get the tape. I ain't preaching that again. I'm hot, tired. All right. Come on, let's stand together. Get your offerings ready. Ushers are going to come down. Worship team's coming back up. And we're going to give to the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to put our faith into action this morning.